What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, Jesse, you've got this under control. Your first appearance on the Neverland podcast. Jeremy's been hyping you up for weeks, and now it's time to go on. He'll be joining me soon for on Skype for a quick conversation, and this will be all said and done. Oh, there's his text now. Jesse, not feeling well. Won't be able to record with you today. Oh, okay. I guess we won't record. That's fine. It gives me another day to get ready. I'm so nervous about this anyway. Jesse, I need to record the Neverland podcast by yourself. By myself? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. That is not good. What will the fans think? P.S. The show is already recording. The Neverland podcast. Number 33. Please welcome your host for the podcast, Lost Boy Jesse. Hey Neverlanders, welcome back to the, to the Neverland podcast. Coming at you on location from the Quest for Vault Disney Worldwide Media Headquarters. I am Jesse and I will be your host for the week. As you heard, Jeremy is feeling a bit under the weather and is not able to record this week. We do wish him a very speedy recovery. As Jeremy is not here, I want you to think of me as your substitute teacher, basically. Uh, We're still going to go through our news desk. We'll probably have some music. But things might be a little bit different. We may have a shorter show than normal. We'll see what happens. A little bit about myself. I am the writer of the Quest for Vault Disney blog. That's located at questforvaultdisney.wordpress.com. And we'll have a link for that in the show notes as well. Uh, The Quest for Vault Disney is a blog that looks at the culture and history of the Vault Disney Company. We look at the films and animations. We profile Disney legends. Uh, We look at park history and extinct extinct attractions. And we also offer some occasional travel tips. As for myself, I am a fan of entertainment, but I'm also not really a moviegoer. Uh, When I when I, go out to, when I go out with my friends, I want to be social. So we go to dinner, we hang out, we talk, but we don't really go to the movie theaters. We'll wait for DVDs or Blu-rays or for films to be on Netflix. So I'm not always as current as everybody else, but I'm still following what's going on. And with that, let's take a look at the news desk and see what's happening over there today. Neverlanders, breaking news before we even hit the news desk. I don't watch television, 
So I don't know fully what's going on in a lot of the shows that we'll be talking about today. And also, I am not a big comic book reader. Actually, I should say I'm not a comic book reader. Uh, my first trip to a comic book store was actually about three weeks ago. My brother and I went to one together because he is a comic book reader, and he wanted to introduce me to it. He ended up buying me two different comic books of the Marvel Figment series, and he also did try and loan me his Masters of the Universe series that he has, about 13 or 14 copies. And I was a huge Masters of the Universe fan growing up, and I was excited to look at them, but I never took them out of the plastic sleeves that he had them in. So I have no idea what they are about. They may have been good stories, they may not have been. I don't know, because I didn't read them. Anyway, at our news desk today, I see that Christina Chong has been cast in the new Star Wars Episode Seven movie. Uh, she has no official role yet, but of course, J.J. Abrams is not, uh, not announcing any roles for any of the cast yet, except for the big three. Uh, Star Wars Episode Seven comes out December 18th, 2015, and we'll see what Christina Chong is playing at that point then. Also coming up this very coming weekend is Comic-Con in San Diego. This is the, comi- is, this is the Comic-Con, even I know that. Um, and Warner Brothers is being the official bag sponsor this year. And they have 13 different bags available, including designs from Arrow, Constantine, The Flash, The Following, I have not heard of The Following, Gotham, which I'm looking forward to seeing on Fox this fall, iZombie, The Originals, Supernatural, Teen Titan Go, uh, The Vampire Diaries, and I also see pictures of um, Adam West and Burt Ward from Batman. Uh, These are all designed by Warner Brothers Television Marketing, and they are all double-sided artwork. In total, there will be 130,000 different bags available to Comic-Con attendees, with, like I said, 13 different styles. And these bags look very cool from what I'm seeing on the different websites. And that's coming up this coming weekend in San Diego at Comic-Con. And there'll be a lot more Comic-Con news coming out this week, next week, and the weeks to come. Stay tuned to the Neverland Podcast and we will fill you in. Also at Comic-Con this week, the Big Hero 6 has revealed they will have a new character available. It's Baymax, and he will be available at Booth. 3635 inside the Comic-Con convention floor. If you're going to be at Comic-Con, consider picking up Baymax. And also, please, please, please let us know. Give us a call at the Neverland voice, uh, Podcast voicemail at 816-226-6492. We would love to hear your stories and your experiences at Comic-Con. You know, funny story, I actually was almost at Comic-Con a couple of years ago. In 2012, I guess it was now. Yeah, 2012. I was doing a, a job at a store in the local area, and we were only two blocks from the convention center. Uh, as there an opening day on the Thursday, and lines and lines galore from the hotel room, which was very overpriced, because if you don't book your rooms nine months in advance, you are not getting a hotel room in the first place. But just from the storefront, we could see cosplay, cosplay players um, from Sailor Moon. We saw a couple of Ninja Turtles. And just very weird, interesting experiences. Lots of fun, though. 
So please, if you're in the area, let us know. Email us, tweet us, post on Facebook, call us. Let us know you're there. We want to hear about it. Step Now stepping away from the convention center floor, let's take a look at the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that comes out on August 8th. There is going to be a preview on July 24th at Comic-Con, but also there's been a preview recently at the Paramount Pictures Studios with about eight minutes of footage being shown. Uh, in that footage, we got to see the Ninja Turtles, Shredder, Splinter, and April O'Neil, played by Megan Fox. I have some high hopes for this movie, just in terms of my curiosity, but I'm also kind of afraid as to what's going to happen to some of these cartoon characters that I grew up with. Uh, apparently, Donatello is going to be very internet savvy, and with that, he's going to be enjoying some cat videos, which really teenagers and cat videos okay but anyway um, Jonathan Liebsman one of the directors has opened the door towards some sequels he says that there's some origins that they do want to explore in the movie series and they just didn't have enough time in this first movie that comes in in just under 100 minutes uh, so we should be might if it does well in the box office, there's a very good chance we'll be seeing some more Ninja Turtles coming to you very soon. In the meantime, looking at the Fantastic Four, which is opening up sometime next year, June 19th, 2015, it looks like it's possible we can see an appearance by the Fantastic Four at Comic-Con next week. Uh, it's early enough where they have enough footage where they could possibly start teasing it and have some cast members appear. But Michael B. Jordan, uh, who plays Johnny Storm and the Human Torch in the film, was recently on TV, and he had some interesting things to say. He said, quote, We have pretty much been in our own world. That's really the only way we could get a project like this done. It is so massive, so many moving parts, so many moving pieces, Things are changing every day. The script is evolving. You make on-set decisions on the fly. Things are always constantly changing. Me personally, I block out that extra noise and I focus on the job I have to do. It is an important film for all of us. We are taking it seriously, taking a lot of risks. I think it's going to pay off." End quote. Uh, I know there's a lot of doubt and concern about the Fantastic Four. Jeremy's been very vocal about that on the show already. I do not know so much about the Fantastic Four, especially this reboot. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Um, but let's see. Jordan also talked about Josh Trank's vision of the film, saying the vision is very clear and he knows exactly what he wants and he gives us room to adapt and to play. I think that is the kind. Of, sorry, that's what I kind I kind of think sets us apart. It is this is is that this is going to be grounded and unconventional. It is not your typical superhero film, you know. We aren't looking at this as like being superheroes. We're more, more or less a bunch of kids that have had an accident and we have disabilities now that we have to cope with and to try to find a life afterwards to be as normal as we can. Like I said, I don't know anything about this film. I'm curious. I know Jeremy's going to be following up on this and see what happens in this film in the future. It's still a long ways away. Like I said, maybe we'll have some teasers at Comic-Con and we can see where it looks at that point. Moving in a completely, completely different direction now, we got news out of Universal. 
uh, Roberto Orsi and his partner Alex Kurtzman were working on a way to bring back the classic Universal monsters. And it looks like that has partly fallen apart, but Kurtzman is now working with Chris Morgan instead to keep this going forward. Um, we'll see a reboot of The Mummy coming to theaters in April of 2016. And the idea is to kind of bring the classic Universal horror monsters together in the same kind of universe like the Avengers have done with Marvel and also with DC now in their Justice League series that they are working on. Uh, this is definitely nostalgia that we don't know what's going to look like in modern day, but it's something that we'll be keeping an eye on here at the Neverland Podcast. From horror films, let's jump to Planet of the Apes. Following its $73 million first weekend, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is already heading to Blu-ray. No official date has been announced, but it will be available for pre-sale at Comic-Con this coming week. Uh, Let's see, it's going to be available in Blu-ray 3D, Blu-ray, and digital HD versions. And it's also going to come in a, with the Caesar's Warrior collection, which is housed in a bust of Andy Serkis. Uh, this is going to also include a 32-page Planet of the Apes building, building an icon booklet and four battle-ready ape character cards. If anybody can tell me what a battle-ready character card is, please leave a voicemail at 816-226-6492 or email us at podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you because I don't know what a battle-ready character card is, but the set itself looks very intriguing. I personally haven't seen Planet of the A- Dawn of Planet of the Apes yet. I haven't seen any of the newer incarnations of it. I haven't seen any of the Planet of the Apes movie except for the original Charlton Heston movie. But this one looks pretty good from the trailers that I saw in the commercials, and I may see it after the um, it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD. All right, we're almost done with our news desk here. Just one or two more stories to take a look at. Our next one comes again from Marvel, and this is actually very big news. Just recently, Marvel announced that their first Star Wars publication since the Walt Disney Pictures Studio purchased Lucasfilm in 2012. Star Wars, the original Marvel Year's Omnibus, is coming to shelves early next year. It will represent issues 1 through 44, of the original 1977 Marvel Comics series. It will start following Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope and will end with Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Believe it or not, I have seen Star Wars. Um, again, being a comic, I may not check it out, but I may definitely Star Wars, so I'm definitely intrigued by it. Uh, this is actually very big news. I know Jeremy is excited for it. And I will probably look into it and see if I can pick it up. Alright, last bit of news here to this week, Neverlanders. Weird Al Yankovic has released a new album. Mandatory Fun is now available on iTunes, Amazon, and also in your stores. We'll have a link to it in our show notes also. This is probably one of his funnest albums yet. He's been releasing one video from his album each day for the past week or so. Uh, so far, we've seen Tacky, a take on Farrell's Happy. We have seen Foil, which is a take on Royal. Uh, 
but my favorite one has been the play on Al, on uh, Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines, Word Crimes. I am a writer, which is why I have a blog, and I love to make sure grammar is done properly, not just in my writing, but I correct others all the time. And Word Crimes is a great take on grammar. Actually, I think it's right up there with Schoolhouse Rocks and the um, songs they have from their series. This is definitely an educational song that should last for a very long time. This is a fun album, fun song. Definitely consider going and picking this one up. And Neverlanders, that will do it for the news this week. Stay tuned. After the break, we'll talk about Nickelodeon's Double Dare. Hey, Skywalkers, this is Richard, and over here is my sweetie wife, Sarah. You can call me Jedi Tink. And we are Skywalking Through Neverland. Jimmy Mack here. When you wish upon a podcast, wish upon this podcast. These guys are awesome. (laughs) We are a fan-focused podcast that covers Star Wars, Disney, pop culture, and their fandom communities. The stuff that surrounds us, penetrates us, and binds us all together as instantaneous friends. What do you know? We showcase what people are doing in the world of fandom and talk to those who are involved firsthand in the universes that we love. This is Margaret Carey, Tinkerbell. This is Jeremy Bullock, Boba Fett from Star Wars. Steve Sansweet from Rancho Obi-Wan. Hey, it's James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I happen to be skywalking through Neverland right now. And I'm skywalking through Neverland. And I am skywalking through Neverland. I've always hated space travel. Yeah. Skywalking through Neverland is the ultimate expression of fandom. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and our website, skywalkingthroughneverland.com. And remember, Neverland on Alderaan. <laughs> our song of the week comes from Weird Al Yankovic's new album, Mandatory Fun. Here is a clip from the song, Tacky. It might seem crazy wearing stripes of pride.
late to watch the Cowtown Rodeo. Yippee! Mark Summer. All right, Neverland. Welcome back to the show. During the break, I divide our audience into two different teams. I'm going to ask a question, and if you don't know the answer or think the other team hasn't got a clue, you can dare them to answer it for double the dollars. But be careful, because they can always double dare you back for four times the amount. And then you either have to answer the question or take a fiscal challenge. Are we ready? Here's the question. What 1980s game show had fi- had a 525 episode run on Nickelodeon and is credited with putting the fledgling network, the then fledgling network, on the map? If you said Double Dare, you are correct. Now, I don't know about you guys, but for me, Double Dare was my favorite show to watch on Nickelodeon, and actually my favorite show to watch on most of the channels after school. Um, especially being a game show, I loved the, the physical challenges that they had, they had during the show, and the obstacle course. The ab- obstacle course was the absolute absolute best of anything on, the sh- on TV. For you who don't know, here's how the game show did work. The show started with a toss-up where Mark Summers would introduce the show and have both teams start with a, with a physical challenge type event. And whoever won the challenge first got control of the game, and they got to answer trivia questions. Like I said before, if they didn't know the answer, they could then dare the other team to answer the same question, and they could get double the dollars. But if they were wrong, the other team, the first team, would get the money and control the game again. The second team, if they didn't know the answer, they could pass control back to the first team, who had to either then answer the question or take the physical challenge. And the physical challenge ranged from events like catching rubber chicken chickens inside clown pants, or popping balloons as fast as you can, or holding down 20 rubber duckies underwater. The All kinds of different silliness ensued, wackiness, but the bottom line was you were going, going to get dirty, you would get wet, and it would be a fun time. Now then, following two rounds of questions and fiscal challenges, the team that had the most money at the end of the game would then go on to the bonus round, also known as the obstacle course. The obstacle course had eight different obstacles you had to compete in, very messy and sloppy again, and you had one minute to complete all eight obstacles. If you finished all eight obstacles within the allotted one minute time, you would win the grand prize, which started out being a trip to Space Camp, or to Walt Disney World, or then to Universal Studios Orlando when they moved the filming of the show to Florida in the early in the late 1980s. Funny thing with that physical with that obstacle course, you just never knew what was going to happen on it. You knew it was going to be intense. I mean, as a kid, this was edge of your seat. Stand and jump up and down in front of the TV, exciting, watching these contestants go from one obstacle to the next within the 60-second time limit, wondering, are they going to make it? Always watching the clock, thinking, I think they can, I think they can. They don't have a chance, and they pull it out at the very end. Unless there was a Sunday slide. The Sunday slide was one of the most evil obstacles I have ever seen. You have to actually climb up a, f- a ramp at a 45-degree angle that's covered in whipped cream, chocolate syrup. 
if your feet get in it, you're gonna slide right down. You cannot get to the top to the top of the slide. Then you need to slide down a full twisty slide, and then grab the flag at the bottom of the obstacle and pass it to your teammate. Oh my gosh! Almost no one ever got this obstacle done. It was so difficult, so complex. You just knew as soon as you saw it on the course, they were probably not going to win that day. And when they nailed it on the first try, I was so excited. They had a chance. This was going to happen. They were going to get the grand prize. Now, the thing I found most interesting about Double Dare is that there were so many different versions of the show. You had your original Double Dare, where you had two contestants on each team, uh, a boy and a girl, typically, and they would go against another boy and girl, obviously. The first season, they were both wearing red outfits. The second season, one team was in red, one team was in blue, and that's how you told the teams apart. But then you also had your super sloppy Double Dare, where, again, still two kids on each team, but more messy obstacles and physical challenges. Then you had Family Double Dare, which also had a mom and a dad involved. Now, with Family Double Dares, where you also would see occasional celebrities, you'd have some athletes come on the show once in a while, you'd see some WWE, then WWF wrestlers on the show. I remember one show where it was Candace Cameron and Jaleel White were on the, sh on the show as well. And of course, we can't talk about Double Dare without talking about the host of Double Dare, Mark Summers. Yes, the Food Network, Mark Summers. Host of Unwrapped and producer of other shows on Food Network, hosted Double Dare from, from when it first debuted in 1986 all the way through 1992. And he had fun with the show. He was always interacting with the contestants, making jokes with the audience members, with his casting career like Harvey the announcer. Always getting everyone involved, a perfect host. I think he did some of the obstacles once in a while to demonstrate how they were supposed to be done. This man loved his job, and he was very good at it. The very best host for this show. Now, being a child of the early 80s and 90s, one thing that I thought I would never get to experience was actually doing Double Dare. And no, no, I was never a contestant on the show. But I remember quite vividly, one Saturday morning, my mom came and she woke me and my twin brother up and said, we're going to the mall today. Now this was like at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning and we always would sleep in. And she would never wake us up early to go to the mall. She would have us go later in the day. So we knew this was a big deal. And so we said, what's going on? And she threw the newspaper at us. And in the paper they were showing, they had the Double Dare Road Tour at the mall that day. We got to go through the obstacles in one ear, which is a six-foot model head where, the, where you would enter through one ear and run through to the other side and come out on the, come out on the other ear. Then we would go through another obstacle that was called I think it was called It's a Grind. It, is, it was this weird factory conveyor belt type machine where you would have gears come down and press against you and you had to get through it as fast as you can. And then finally you got to go through the obstacle down the hatch, which was a giant laughing jaw with a slide where you just slide down into 
at the mall they had a ball pit. On the TV show was a giant, messy, goopy pile of mess that you got to land in. And oh my gosh, the line was 30, 45 minutes to an hour long, but it was fun and very memorable. The closest thing I've ever come to actually having a Devil Dare experience. Hey, Neverlanders, that's our very brief, short look at the television show Devil Dare. We'll be back with more of the Neverland podcast right after this. C-3PO. Loki. Mace Windu. Dr. Bruce Banner. Captain Rex. Venom. Princess Leia. Jean Grey. Darth Maul. Nick Fury. Grand Moff Tarkin. Captain America. Lando Calrissian. Cyclops. What do all these characters have in common? Well, two of them were played by Samuel L. Jackson. A couple of them were played by Hammer Films veterans Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Come on, guys. You know this. Well, of course we do, Jessica. Just like Mickey Mouse and Captain Jack Sparrow, they're all now Disney characters. Hello, I'm Tracy of the Disney Indiana Podcast, and my co-host Scott and I enjoy talking about all aspects of the House of Mouse, and that includes their newest properties, Marvel and LucasArts. We also talk about Disney resorts, the cruise line, theme parks, and whatever else Mickey has to offer. Which includes movies, imagineering, video games, and collectibles. You'll never know what we'll decide to talk about. So check us out at www.disneyindiana.com or do a search for the Disney Indiana Podcast on iTunes. Because now we've got a lot more to talk about. And don't forget about those other quote-unquote Disney characters like, well, Sully. Fozzie Bear. Buzz Lightyear. Link Hogthrob. Doug. Janice. Merida. Pepe. Bruce. Ralph the Dog. Wally. The Disney Indiana Podcast. Even after five years, we're still miles away from the nearest Main Street, USA. We're not listed on the map, but you can join us at www.disneyindiana.com. I have a podcast! Welcome back to the Neverland Podcast. I am still Jesse. And I want to thank you for sticking with me through the end of the entire flight today. And if you are still listening... Hi, Mom! Okay, just a few quick notes before we do wrap it up for the week. Uh, Coming up very soon, next weekend, um, August 8th, 9th, and 10th, is the Friends of the Magic Gathering at Disneyland in Anaheim, California. The Neverland Podcast will be represented there... I will be there hosting a meet on Saturday afternoon. Uh, at 1 o'clock, we will be by the good by the sailing ship Columbia for a meet and greet, and we'll go on a, on a sail, we'll sail through the rivers of America on the Columbia sailing ship. Please, please, please come by, say hi, shake hands, get to know us, let us get to know you, and we'll have a good time together. Um, if you'd like, also, 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 please do subscribe to us and rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. We really appreciate your support and your feedback, and we love the five-star reviews. Uh, Neverland Podcast is also on Twitter and is a great follow. That's at NeverlandPCast. We're also on Facebook.com slash NeverlandPodcast. We have lots of great posts going up every day. Uh, Jeremy is still working on his Marvel-A-Day trading card scans and those are great 
very informative. I've learned more through comics, through those scans on a daily basis, than through anything else. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at neverlandpodcast.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. We are still waiting for our first Neverland voicemail. We would love to hear from you and put play and play your voicemail on the air. Now then, guys, this is my fault, completely my fault, and Jeremy, I am sorry. On a personal note, I want to thank each and every one of you for sticking with the Neverland podcast this week. Like I said at the start, this really was my very first episode, my first time recording, and I appreciate you guys sticking with me through throughout it all. I know this is a shorter show than normal. I appreciate you guys being here, and please, 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 as we go through this week, keep your pixie in your pocket, stay positive, chase your dreams, and have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. All right, and thank you, Jesse, for filling in. I don't know if anybody can tell that my voice is not quite what it normally is. I have been fighting off a really nasty cold virus, but I wanted to add in, if you come and visit NeverlandPodcast.com, we have, of course, links uh, on the podcast links for this show. I will have links up to buy the new Weird Al Yankovic album if you did like the clip you heard of Tacky, or if you've spent the week watching those videos that he's been posting. So come and check it out, and you can buy it through iTunes, and, of course, that does help out the show when you make those purchases through the Neverland Podcast website and on iTunes. Also, I have a new sponsor that uh, will have a link up there, and uh, in, the, in the coming weeks, I'll try to update you on any new comics that might be of importance if you're curious about maybe buying some, or if you're a regular purchaser. I'll let you know what I can find out is coming up in the coming week. And on the website, you'll find a uh, link there on the sidebar, a nice picture that goes to mycomicshop.com. Uh, now, mycomicshop.com, for any new customer they get, they'll give us a little throwback and helps keep the show going and it's very exciting to have them and of course uh, I can later on I'll be able to put links and some searches if you're having problems finding those figment comics I should be able to help you out by getting you some links to find those figments in fact I'm going to try that and put that directly into the podcast show feed so there's all kinds of reasons for you to come and visit neverlandpodcast.com we're having a lot of fun making this website I'm going to have Jesse update everything for the friends of the magic on our FOTM link page that you'll find going across the top so come on by the website come visit our sponsors it really keeps keeps us going and we really hope we're making a website that you can enjoy visiting anytime you come by but I, I will be back to full capacity next week and we'll hopefully be able to talk to the folks over at Disney Indiana again Tracy and Scott as they are at a Batman 75th anniversary event this weekend having a grand time up there in Indiana and I can't wait to hear all about it God bless and we'll see you next time Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co. 